Uh, good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta, looking over the top stories of 2023. And joining me right now is Gordon Govier. He is the uh, biblical archaeologist who writes for Christianity Today. He hosts the radio program, The Book and the Spade. He edits the biblical archaeology news magazine, Artifacts. And uh, he's, uh, again, written a wonderful article for Christianity Today called Biblical Archaeology's Top Ten Discoveries of 2023. Gordon, good to have you back here. Thanks. Yeah, well, it's great to talk to you again. I just want to clarify. I'm sorry. We had a difficulty hearing you on that. Yeah, we're going to have to get a different line there. So, <laughs> what's that? Not sure. <laughs> Every once in a while, you hear new sounds. <laughs> I don't think I've ever quite heard that sound before. Uh, off there, all these years of doing radio, that was a new one on me. But uh, the major uh, biblical archaeology stories of 2023 are fascinating. Um, they, they have. There's lots of doom and destruction, and there's some disappointment too. Um, but uh, these stories, again, you have to understand a lot of time with archaeology, uh, they're tantalizing discoveries that take years to confirm or to deny. And so there's going to be some of those stories in this list as well. There's been the discovery of ancient Israelite DNA, for instance. And uh, Gordon, you with me again? Yes, I'm here. Very Sorry good. about the feedback. Yeah. You were correcting me, though. Go ahead. Yeah, well, uh, I'm not an archaeologist. I'm just a journalist, but my focus is on biblical archaeology, and I've been doing a radio program about biblical archaeology for 40 years. Right, so right. I've got a little bit of a background. Very good. And uh, let's talk about these uh, stories of 2023. Uh, why don't you count them down for me? Well, um, it was an interesting year for biblical archaeology, and um, I actually had a tough decision as to what was going to be the number one choice for the year, and I ended up with like four different number one possibilities. <laughs> um, there was my original number one, and then there was a late-breaking discovery that bumped that to number two, and then there was another discovery that was, was really a pretty big deal, but it wasn't really biblical archaeology, but that was in Israel. And then there's, since the list was published, there's been one more discovery that might have been the top number one on the list, too. So uh, it was quite an interesting year. Wow. Well, uh, why, why don't you start at the top and we'll, we'll move down? Yeah, well, the, what ended up being number one is this um, announcement of a moat for Jerusalem, which totally changes our picture of Jerusalem. If, if you've been to Jerusalem and yes. uh, stood on the Mount of Olives and looked out at the city, you I see uh, yeah. the Temple Mount area, and that's um, now occupied by the Dome of the Rock. But in biblical times, there was a temple there uh, built by Herod, and before that, the one built by Solomon. And then sloping down to where the, the Hinnom Valley and the Kidron Valley come together is the, the city of David, the oldest part of Jerusalem. And, and there there was just that kind of sloped down the hill, and that was where people lived. And now with this moat, you have uh, the lower city where the ordinary people live, and that's separated into and then a, an acropolis where the palaces of the king probably were located as well as the temple. 
and uh, just changes our picture of what Jerusalem looked like in the Iron Age. How how large is this moat? Um, I don't think it's very large. They've just uncovered one end of it, and it's about, um, let's see, 20 feet deep, 100 feet wide, and so that's pretty large. Yeah. But um, they, they were all the way down to bedrock, and then they noticed you know, the way that it was kind of carved out of the bedrock. It was there for a specific purpose. It just wasn't kind of a ditch. And it had had been uncovered by an earlier excavation uh, by Kathleen Kenyon back in the 50s, I think. But it was, it was just noticed then as kind of a depression, and they didn't realize that, that maybe it really was a moat. So what 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 purpose do we do we have an idea what this what purpose this moat would have served well it probably was a defensive moat like um, most moats around castles and the challenge right now is to date it they really have no idea um, when it was created and they're talking about maybe in the time of David and Solomon or a little bit after that that's that's the the dating that they have right now, but it could have been um, done by the Jebusites earlier, before David even conquered Jerusalem and made it his capital. And it's possible at that point it might have been the city of Jerusalem might have been smaller, and and the moat would have been created to defend the northern part of the city and keep um, invaders from coming down that area. And then when David built the temple, uh, or Solomon built the temple, and David built a palace, then you had kind of a separation between the lower city and the upper city. All right. Well, let's let's go to number two. What, what do you have there? Yeah, my original number one was is now number two. It was demoted. Um, this is a, an excavation that's going on. Several, been going on several years now to try to find the city of Bethsaida on the northern shore of the Sea of Galilee. And there's actually been kind of a controversy um, over whether or not it is at a site called El Araj, which is right on the northern shore, or another site called Atel, which is about a mile off of the shore of the Sea of Galilee. And in the last year or two, they have been uncovering uh, basilica that was built in the Byzantine era, and um, last year they had they discovered a mosaic that um, called it uh, um, the it, it was referring to the chief and commander of the heavenly apostles, which is how Peter is typically referred to. Mm-hmm. So they felt that this may have been the Church of the Apostles, which is known from history. That was built over the house of the apostles Peter and Andrew, who, um, in in the Gospel of John, it says they were from Bethsaida. So this fall, uh, digging under the apse of this basilica, they found the remains of a first century wall, and another wall that was almost that old, in which they believe um, was at least believed to be by the people who built the church, the the home of uh, Peter and Andrew. Wow. Um, what's interesting about this is that um, the Gospel of Mark puts Peter in Capernaum. So um, now we have two different homes of of Peter to to visit. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. Do those need to be reconciled? Well, you know, I think 
Bible scholars love to debate, and uh, <laughs> this is going to be an ongoing debate now. I mean, they're debating over which is the best Bethsaida, and now they've got, you know, which is the best home of St. Peter. <laughs> Very good, good. Uh, you have a, a mysterious uh, entry here about a mud brick arch. At yeah. Toshimron. So, tell us about that. Biblical archaeology is, is full of mysteries, and uh, this is one that uh, has been kind of unfolding in the f- past couple of years at an excavation at a site called Tel Shimron, which is overlooking the uh, Jezreel Valley from the north. There's a very, very famous site in Megiddo on the south, and Shimron is kind of a corresponding site on the north part, north side of the Jezreel Valley that really hasn't been excavated until the last few years. And this year they announced that they had one of the areas where they had been working was showing up as a mud brick arch, which um, they have no idea where it leads to because they haven't been able to get to the end of it yet. It kind of disappears into the tell. Um, the tell is, uh, you know, the, the remains of the city built up layer by layer over the years. And the uh, one of the reasons that it's in such good shape is that they believe it was buried shortly after it was created, back during uh, the Canaanite era, about um, 4,000 years ago. Hmm. Wow. So um, that's a... a ongoing excavation, and hopefully we'll have more information in the years to come. And uh, you you mentioned that there's been some discovery that elevates the stature of David and Solomon again. Yeah, so um, there are a number of articles over the last year. In fact, um, one of the articles I did for Christianity Today uh, last year just happened to pop up in the middle of several others, and um, it basically was denoting the fact that um, David and Solomon are kind of back in the good graces of uh, biblical archaeologists and biblical scholars, because over the last several decades, there's been uh, a number of minimalists who have dismissed David and Solomon and said there really wasn't much archaeological evidence to show that they were the kind of kings that the Bible talks about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And since um, that became a trend... There's been sort of a core uh, pushback from um, archaeologists saying, well, what about this and what about that? And that's what these articles were about over the last year or so. And so David and Solomon are, are, are back in good graces. And what's been found to indicate that? Well, one of the major articles was by uh, Hebrew University archaeologist Joseph Garfinkel, who um, reviewed five different sites that were located around Jerusalem. And he basically connected them and said, you know, if if Jerusalem wasn't the kind of a, a powerful city that the Bible talks about, that these sites wouldn't really be connected. But, but they are connected just by the archaeological evidence that's been found. They have similar fortifications, a lot of urban features that that match the biblical description of a centralized kingdom, and it all comes out at the same time period, about 3,000 years ago, when David, according to the Bible, was king in Jerusalem. Ah, so the, these cities, uh, they're, they're not out there in nowhere. They're, they're actually linked together, uh, str- strengthening the idea of a centralized uh, city strengthening the idea of what Jerusalem. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, so one of the sites that Garfinkel actually excavated uh, was called uh, Kermit Kayafa, and it was located uh, away from Jerusalem, actually kind of on the border between the, the Israelites and the Philistines. And um, they found a, a casemate wall with large stones and and a huge building right in the center of the city. And it, it was kind of a site that just would not have been created unless there was a powerful government somewhere that gotcha. was saying we need to build up these fortifications. Gordon, thank you again. Good talking with you. And uh, maybe we'll get you, you back Al. to finish the list in the next few weeks. Thank you. Okay, that would be great. Thank you.